It's time to say goodbye to this freaking quarantine. Oh, baby. Freedom. Freedom is around the corner. Restaurants, hairdressers. Um, I think more travel is opening in Italy on May 18th. The, the government bent the knee to small business. They weren't too happy. So that's great news. It's exciting to get out of this freaking quarantine and, and live. But anyways, we have a great episode here with Mr. Uh, MTV Tev, Tevin Grant, a childhood buddy of ours, um, George, who records with them, and, and I played sports together. Good dude. He ended up going down to Arizona, did a, a neat little thing with uh, his company Progress more often, led to some modeling, and then all of a sudden, reality TV. So... Um, we kind of get into that that world behind the scenes. Uh, he was on Are You the One and X on the Beach, and uh, it's quite interesting. We talk about you know what's real. You playing a character. You know what are you trying to do? It's pretty pretty interesting. So for the first half, we really kind of get in depth on uh, the game Tevin is trying to play and and uh, make the most out of. So. It's neat, very interesting, and the last half uh, gets into some some really good stuff about kind of the progress more often and, and his mindset and how he has kind of put himself out there to the world, and it's neat. Tevin's a good dude. He's got he's got a lot of lot of good energy. So enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to share it with someone that would get something from it, and. Uh, Spread them vibes, baby. Summertime, no quarantine. Oh, it's going to be amazing. All right, here we go. Tevin Grant joining us on Bold Perceptions. Welcome back, everybody. I got a solo one today. George, if you did not recognize my voice, I hope you do. But if you don't, again, George, coming in to you live. I'm in the noodles and company parking lot. And today we got an interesting guest, Tevin. <laughs> you may know him from MTV, MTV Tev on Instagram. Tevin, welcome. What's up, George? How we doing? Let's go blue for the one time. <laughs> Let's go blue. So we had an interesting weekend just now in Arizona. We're going to keep the details. You know, we're, we're going to keep them to ourselves, Tev. I don't know if we need the audience to hear about it, right? I would say it's probably best that we uh yeah we can steal those yeah let's keep it that way but no getting right into it so me and tev grew up so i saw you know firsthand his mentality his drive and you know his desire to get where he is today he was very confident in his path i was confident in him and i mean here he is i had no doubt that he'd be the celebrity that he is now is that right <laughs> yeah man it's uh it's crazy to think about how long we truly have known each other, and especially with, you know, growing up next to each other and thinking about, oh, I think I only talked to a handful. I can count people on my hands. How many people I still talk to from high school, from Prior Lake, from going to school together. It's a blessing that you're one of them, to say the least, G. No, it is. I'm honored, of course. And uh, let's get right into it. So you've been on a couple of different MTV shows, first being Are You The One? And then we had X on the beach. You were that X on the beach emerging out of the ocean, weren't you? 
you know, that was me. That was me. It was, it was a hell of a time, too. I, if I had to pick which one I liked better, it would definitely be Are You The One. Um, it, it was a lot more fun. You know, we were playing for a million dollars. We we got the attempt to find love. X on the Beach was just like, you, you're signing up for problems at that point. You're, you're going into <laughs> You're going into the house knowing some shit's gonna go down, and and you've got to figure out what the fuck you're gonna do about it. Right, right. So right away, then. I mean, what's your mentality like going into your debut show? You know, trying to win a million dollars compared to X on the Beach. I mean, how did you prepare for Are You the One? And where was it? They took your phones out in Hawaii, right? Yeah, we filmed out in Hawaii, and it was uh, it was pretty crazy how everything went down. I found out about a month before I left was when the casting process started and they found me on Instagram. Some random person DM'd their comments actually on one of my photos like, hey, are you single over 21 and interested in being on a dating show? Yo, I thought it was like, Ashton Kutcher's about to pop out. I just got pawned, told the shit all my friends are about to crack up laughing. You're not going on no reality TV because <laughs> this account looks fake. For sure. It didn't look like a like a casting director account or anything like that but I decided to respond anyway and that led into a month long process of interviews Skype calls them flying me out to LA to see if it was a good match if I was a match for the show and uh, I ended up leaving the same day I graduated it was a pretty hectic day all my friends were going out to party and I was going out to film a TV show but it was a blessing in disguise how all those stars lined up Um, but my mindset man just going into it and, and and for the first show was really to optimize it from a, from a different angle, right? Like a lot of people go on a TV show and just like be satisfied that they got there. The way I was really looking at it was, okay, I'm here. How am I going to, how am I going to leverage and monetize the attention that this show is going to give me? How am I going to use this show to build an image and a reputation outside of the show? You know, and, and how am I going to get the camera time? How am I going to, you know, I went in there with a, with a business mindset, like the businessman I am, not not just like a cast member. And that made a huge difference. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you got a personality, right? You got a personality in the first place. And I mean, I could see it from a young age. I mean, you were destined for something. You had the luck. You got the luck. So tell me about your strategy, I guess, on how you were going to stand out or what kind of personality or persona did you want to put on, you know, national TV, ultimately? It's a, uh, it's a tough question that, that you're asking. It's not very straightforward. Um, my answer's not. Because the, the image I want to portray is only a tiny bit up to me, right? Like, I, I can do what I can, and I had that mindset going in of how I wanted to look. But at the end of the day, you're, you got to be on go, you gotta be ready 24-7 because there's cameras rolling every second of every day for a month and a half in this house that you can't leave, you don't have a phone, no computer, no books, I mean, it's damn near a social science experiment, right? Like, you you are non-stop being watched. Every corner of the house is a camera and then at all times, there's five cameramen with a 45-pound camera on their shoulder, you know, looking at you in the eye from 10 feet away as you're trying to have this serious conversation with someone who may or may not be your match. You know, you know what I mean? So it was, it was hectic going into it. My mindset was, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to portray this guy that, that you know, is, is that smooth cat. He's the one that all the ladies like <laughs> as I am. 
you know what I mean? But at that same time, I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him, I'm gonna give him the good guy card. I'm gonna give him the good guy card and 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 not come out of this thing looking like an asshole or a dickhead. Like like MTV really does try to get you look, and you de- you definitely they 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 get you. You know they get everybody. Absolutely. You know, that's why they do because they, it's director's cut. They get the pick that's actually shown, and they have the role that you want to play predetermined. And that's why you go through a month of interviews because they want to make sure you fit that character that they have in mind. So there's no, it's not like there's scripts and nothing's necessarily fake, but you know you're definitely in a different reality when you're in that house. You do things in that house that you maybe wouldn't do outside of it, or do things outside of the house that you wouldn't do in it because it's a different reality. I mean, Trump could have died and we wouldn't have known. Yo, in Hawaii, there was an earthquake. There was a volcano erupting on the other side of the island, and we didn't even know about it. Literally erupting as we were filming. And then finally, an eruption happened, and there was an earthquake on our side. They brought everybody outside and broke the news to us, and da 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 We're like, what the fuck? Like, you guys aren't going to let us know what's going on in the world? So it's truly a completely different reality in that house. But, um, yeah. <laughs> so, so here you are. I mean, you're preparing like Heath Ledger was to uh, prepare the Joker or to play the Joker, right? You're uh, you're gearing up to put your game face on. Meanwhile, I mean, there's Mount Vesuvius erupting in the distance, and you have no idea. Just, not, just not a clue. Imagine that. Imagine that. That's beautiful. So. Do they, what What do they tell you? What do they say to you? Okay, Tev, we want you to be, you know, the heartbreaker with a little soft side, or what, what are they telling you? No, they don't even have to say any of that. They know that you're going to act that way. I mean, they get to know you. They ask you, they ask you every question you can think of within that month of interviews before the show. They know exactly who you are and what you're going to do. I mean, you take a 600 question true or false test about personality and how you react to certain things and what you like and dislike and da 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 da. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, really? The process was just insane with with how deep they got into knowing you, knowing what makes you tick, and, and, and all of that stuff. So there was no, like, they would never tell you what to do, but they may ask you a question that would lead you to think a certain way and then act on it. You know what I mean? During the interviews or something like that. Or they would tell you that somebody else did something just so you know and you, you act on behalf of it. You know, you know what I mean? It's like subconsciously in, in, in a malicious way they they are controlling how you think, what you know, what you do. But it's never scripted or you're never told to do anything. It, the most they may tell you is, hey, go talk to her. You know what I mean? Go, go like, Hey, go, go have a conversation with her. They get you guys on camera we're having a conversation but the whole conversation is for y'all to figure out. Okay, so, I mean, they set you up to a certain extent, but, I mean, at a certain point, it's up to you to be, you know, that dude and get the conversation to go a certain way, right? I mean, they're not telling you what to say. Okay, and so, just for a background. What was that last thing you said? No, I was was just going to bring up, I mean, just as a background for the audience, this is, you know, a find, find a love show, right? You're, you're going for love, ultimately. And you need to find your match. How many guys you got and how many girls? Was it 12 and 12? Uh, uh, yeah, 11 girls and 11 guys. Okay, so do they pre- they predetermine your match, correct? Based on these personality tests and whatnot? 
Correct, correct. They predetermine the matches. I mean, they even met with a professional matchmaker. Really? Yeah, a psychologist, all types of stuff. <laughs> so let's say, uh, okay, so let's say they had you matched up with a blonde and you're not into blondes. What, can you see through that and say, oh, I can see what her personality's like? They probably have me matched up with her. And does that influence your actions in the house? Um, if you know yourself, yeah. But, I mean, here's the thing, though. I mean, I'm telling you, they know you down to it, down to the look and down to the personality that you're looking for. The professional matchmaker asks you. She's like, so do you like blondes or do you like brunettes? Do you like blue-eyed girls? Do you like light skins? Do you like white girls? Do you like Asian pussy? Like, what do you want? <laughs> okay, so did you know? So Kenya was your match, correct? Kenya was my match, yeah. How early did you know or did you not know until the very end? I mean, shit, when we first, our first conversation, we both knew. Really? Or at least felt like we knew. You know what I mean? We were like, yeah, this was the one. And, you know, we both have a pretty high self-awareness as well. So we also took into account, like, okay, this is also what I asked for. There was a lot of people in the house who were just stupid dummies. You know what I mean? We're like, based off of what, you got you to remember what you told these guys you like as well. But then it was like we had one conversation, me and Kenny, first night. End up, you know what I mean, hooking up in the shower that same night. And then from there, you know, it, there was an attraction there, no doubt, physically. And, and mentally, slowly started to build. But that's still, that's, we still weren't 100% sure because a week later, we decided to go our own ways, explore the house, and, and you know, see if there was other potential possibilities. Um, we just ended up being right at the end of the day. Okay, no, interesting. And I can definitely see how the matchmakers are going to pair you guys up. You guys are both kind of, uh, and I watched the show, of course. But, I mean, you guys are both kind of feisty, right? Um, you guys got the uh, the good-looking light skin traits, of course. And I'm wondering here, when you go your separate ways, are you like, okay, I know Kenya's my match, but I do want to explore the other women here. I mean, I'm in Hawaii, I'm on a vacay. Well, I mean, what's that like? Well, shit, G, you got to remember, we've got a million dollars on the line. And my first priority is to get my cut of that million. It's not necessarily to find love, like I said it was, to get on the show. You know what I mean? So, and, shoot, I'm, I'm in a house drinking all day with 11 beautiful women. I'm not the type of guy that wants to be tied down to one. <laughs> I, may, I, I may have been confident that she, she was the one, but anything under 100% was not enough. You know, and that hundred percent wasn't there. And I, I was perfectly fine with, you know, doing a little experimenting, looking around a little bit. Well, absolutely, of course. I mean, I know you, Tevin. I know you're not just gonna settle down and uh, lay back and not cause any trouble. Come on now. Uh, I'm young. I'm young. You're a young dude out there. And by the way, so what are the, what's the demographics like age-wise? I mean, is it twenty-one to twenty-eight? Was it or what? What does that look no, like? No, it's like it's probably like fourteen to twenty-eight. Fourteen? Oh, yo, you, you would not believe the DMs I get from these underage girls that I just have to completely ignore. <laughs> see, see, I was asking about the age range on the show, but I mean, this is a good topic to get into because I wanted to hit on your DMs, and you, uh, you brought it up at the pool in Arizona. We were gonna go get a, you know a big uh, flat screen roll through your DMs yeah. with the HDMI. That never happened. I'm a little pissed, but. What's this we like? We got to go through. That's right. Oh, we were the well, we, we had enough stuff to laugh, laugh about. 
We had some content to uh, to make sure happen, but so you know, tell me about the uh, the DM aspect of it. All the fangirls, and I mean, shit, probably some fan guys. It's twenty twenty. Oh my goodness, yeah, both sides of it, a whole bunch. It was crazy. Like as the show was going on, I was in New York for the premiere of the first Mary the One, and that was like we were gaining tens of thousands of followers like by the hour on that on that first day, and then throughout the rest of the season, every day that the show would show would air, it was like boom, another ten, another ten, another ten, and they were just rolling in like crazy. But it, I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> so, so do you see your Instagram blow up in in real time? I thought your phone was gone here. Well, well, this it, it was blowing up as it was as it was aired. We filmed the whole show a month or a month and a half before it actually aired. You know, the show's not live. That's right. They still have cuts and edits to make. So for that month and a half, we were in the house. No, we didn't have the phone. But once it actually premiered, we were free to do whatever we wanted, except not give away any information that the show had yet. For example, me and Kenny being a match, we'd get fined if we posted something saying we were a match or even posted together really before it showed that we were a match at the end of it okay makes sense and so another question i got a lot of questions related to reality tv of course but so i know we talked about a steamy scene you had with a different girl uh jasmine and do you so do you let your parents because your parents are watching the show i mean you're the star, you're, you're the family, uh, you're the oldest brother in the family. So obviously all eyes are on the show, real time. Are you letting your parents know, hey, I mean, there might be some shit in here that you don't want grandma and grandpa eating popcorn to see? Oh, man, well, let's just say I, I couldn't really I couldn't really stop them from, from being curious, you know, and curiosity definitely killed the cat, G. Funniest thing in the world, my mom watches the first episode with half of her work team no because she happened to be on, uh, traveling for work on the same day that it was airing and she was just like hey why don't we just go on the tv and all watch it together and she told me like as the show was continuing to go on like clients of hers and her colleagues were just like slowly walking out of the room like i can't believe this is what we're watching right now <laughs> <laughs> no i did not know this i was like she's well my mom's gotta be proud of me Oh. Yeah, no, I couldn't. I couldn't stop them. I couldn't stop them from watching, and what they saw didn't make them happy. No, but it could have been a lot worse. You know, like I said, I played that good guy card, and um, they 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 appreciated that. You know, and I mean, like it's who I am. I'm I'm not, I'm not a mean guy. I can be, but but they know that too. So they they were just they were just proud to see me be. You know, what I mean, me, and not like switch up. Whereas like there's a lot of my castmates who are completely different on the show than like than meeting them in real life and now it's like bro who are you <laughs> exactly exactly you know what i mean like, like what are you doing like this you're so different and the camera will do that to people though you got to really be aware of who you are and what you want otherwise that shit will tear you the fuck up absolutely and i mean i'm, I'm guessing there's a big open bar all-inclusive are you, you obviously got to watch yourself. I mean, you got women asking you to take shots, I'm sure. And in the back of your head, you're like, I mean, everything's getting filmed, but I'm here in Hawaii. I mean, is there moments where you're like, Tev, stop drinking. You're going to act a fool here. Nah, not a chance. We drank two act a fool. <laughs> we drank two act a fool. It was like, 
the first four days being on camera 24 7 was a little iffy it was like ah oh, fuck i'm looking up and i'm as i'm taking a shit i see the camera staring right back at me you know you know for the first four days it, it was tough <laughs> and it's crazy because the cameras are on live time they can't and what the camera sees goes straight back to a room and they've got like 30 monitors of all the cameras playing live and they're all watching it back in the room you know what i mean so it's not like they go back and review the tapes you know they, they see it a lot of time and when i say they, when i say they see it they see it all <laughs> oh my oh my so i mean there's probably some uh female producers out there like oh shit i'm watching tevin uh i'm watching tevin get down and dirty a little bit they're probably liking it a little oh, bit oh yeah they probably saved a few scenes to their phone it's probably some undisclosed info. Maybe break the uh, break the cell phone like Tom Brady during Spygate. Yeah, that's right. So back to the uh, social media aspect of it, and kind of not being allowed to leak any info. Do they also kind of have a plan for every castmate where they're saying, "Hey, you got to post this picture of this character in yourself." Next week, you got to post this picture with this group, or how? Do, what does that look like? The marketing of it. Nah, actually what they do do though is they just send they send the cast the entire the, they send the, they send the cast a whole bunch of like videos, gifts and, and pictures for promo that week and every week we get new promo material that goes with that episode and then we post whatever we want from that material. We could not post it all, we, but of course they want us all to post as much as possible and like as, as a smart as a smart, you know, person on the show, you want to post because the more you're posting during that time, the more your page is building and, and the more attention you're getting and, you know, the rest of the cast is reposting you and, and all of that. So so they didn't have to motivate us to post as much as just get us the content. Absolutely, absolutely. And so you touched on it, but, I mean, the fakeness behind reality TV, this really doesn't seem all too fake. I mean they selected you for a reason because you're going to play a certain role it's like they're putting together a uh, basketball team you got star players you got a second banana you got a third banana you got the role players the sharpshooters and then once the team assembles i mean it's up to them to go win the game right i mean was was all the guys getting along i mean mean, do they see some tension on the on the horizon when they're selecting you or how's the synergy between all the guys you know there, there there was a few fights that broke out but it was nothing major. I mean, someone maybe got pushed into a lamp and that broke, and that was probably, like, the biggest fight um, on our season. For the most part, we, we were pretty stick together. Hey, let's work as a team here. It was really when, like, you know, somebody somebody said something disrespectful or, you know, there was one or two times when somebody was with, with a girl who one, another one of the guys wanted and was so convinced that it was their match, you know what I mean? And emotions get high in those situations. So, the, but like overall, we got along for the most part. No, and that's good. You always want to make in any situation. Obviously, as a businessman, you know this. You got to network and everything. But I mean, there's also real friendships you're going to be forming. Um, and I mean, we just had actually a psychic on our podcast who talked about past lives and seeing people for the first time, and um, so to speak, your current life. But you have kind of a feeling, you got like a deja vu feeling. Oh, you're like, oh shit, like we're gonna be good friends. I know that for a fact. Did you, you know, know right away when you saw some of these guys or some of these girls, like, damn, I wanna be your friend offset? Um, 
not not right off the bat per se, but as you as you get to know individuals, you know what I mean? Because because for the first week or two, it's like everybody's just feeling each other out. Nobody's even being too crazy out of the water or whatever. You know, it's just like okay, you're just feeling everybody out. As you get into a couple of weeks, people start to click up. You know, you're you're vibing with the same people every day and not talking to other people. You know what I mean? Um, but but by the end of the show, you always leave with one or two really good friends that that you stay in contact with. Absolutely. Like, uh, was it Brett? You had the B and T news. Yeah, you know they played us with that too. Me and Brett had the B and T news, and they did not play enough of it, man. We had some good every morning. We'd go into the booth, we'd grab our costume, we'd put our mics on, we put in, we put on these stupid, these stupid jackets, suit jackets, and, and, and just let her rip, let her fly. Talk about stupid shit that happened in the house either that day or before, or predictions of who's gonna end up with who. And they just did us dirty, man. Didn't show enough. They didn't want. They didn't want to steal the show. No, they didn't. They needed to give everybody else the airtime. I mean, everybody signed up for the same thing. You can't completely steal the show. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. So, and then you mentioned you you're putting on the suits. Do they have like a big closet full of, you know, new clothes, or are you packing a suitcase and you're saying, okay, I'm gonna wear this outfit then, or how does this go? Yeah, whatever you whatever you pack you, you, is all you got. Whatever you bring is all you got. And I mean, are you doing laundry out there? Are you are you doing household chores, or do you got butlers? Um, no, they did all of our laundry for us. But as for the cleaning, the cleaning was up to us. Although nobody wanted to fucking clean, so like the house was just the the house was like a frat house by week two. Week three, it was a trap house. Week <laughs> four, it was it was run down and dirty. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That reminds me of the college days, honestly. That and last weekend. Hey now, hey now, let's take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so going on to X on the Beach then. So this is one, this is a show where you're you're coming in and you know shit's going to happen. I mean, you're seeing your ex who is is Kenya. You guys matched on Are You The One. Everybody found their match. You guys won the a million dollars. Oh, and actually one more question. I can't ignore this. So the night you guys match, are the cameras still rolling or are you guys free to do whatever you want? So the night after you match and you leave the house, they send you to for the first night. After that, you leave the house and they they uh they put you in in uh, a honeymoon suite, which is like this super nice house, uh, uh right on right on the water in Hawaii, and you've got this whole house to to just the two of you to do whatever you want for that full night. The next day, they uh, take you out of that house and, and put you in a uh, put you in a hotel. Wow, okay, so what's the and hotel you stay at? For that, first, for that first match that left, like week two or week three, you're in that hotel all the way through until the rest of the week, or, or, or until everybody leaves. So the first people that left were in a hotel for like damn near a month. Jesus. They kind of got robbed of the experience, I'd say. You don't want to match right away. No, you definitely don't want to match right away. That's incredible. That's incredible. So then, now officially moving on to X on the Beach. Tell me about your mindset going into this one because i mean now you know you're kind of the villain you're the ex they got the scene of you emerging from the water like a freaking hammerhead shark you got the look in your eye like shit here i come what's the mentality like do you got to play a different persona are you going in there just all natural man for this for x on the beach things were a little different for me 
um, you know, don't are you the one? Are you the one? Everybody who was on the show, it was their first show, right? So like it was first time show people for X on the Beach. There there were stars like successful R and B singers or artists. Um, you know. Andre O'Day, Michi, and then there's a lot of people from like Big Brother, which is on CBS, you know, with like Mark and a few other people, and people who already had a huge following, who had been on multiple TV shows before this one, et cetera, et cetera, um, who are even a lot older, too. And the demographics of that show is a lot older, older, but even the castmates were like a lot older than everybody in the Ari's One House was between like 21 and 26 was the oldest, but then it dropped down to 24. You know what I mean? Everyone was a lot younger for the other shows, all the way up like, all the way up to the 30s, 32. And the youngest was probably me at 23 or 24. Oh, shit. Okay, so you were one of the youngest this time around. Right. It was a, it was a whole different ballgame in that house. And with this one, I kind of came in, I kind of came in, um, not necessarily a little unprepared, but definitely not as prepared as Are You The One, right? Because, like, Are You The One, I got what I wanted. I got the camera time on. I was the star of the show. But I, but I realized, like, what I had to sacrifice and, you know, like, just how the, how the, how the directors work and how they get you to do certain things without you knowing it. And then on top of that, what they make you look like and how they make them, make things seem, even when you know the truth, right? You, you were there. So I know the truth, but then to know that millions of viewers are out here, you know what I mean? Watching, watching a version of me that was cut by directors looking for drama and negativity and trying to get you to look like a dummy. This one, I kind of, and on top of that, we weren't fighting for a million dollars on this one. I, I got my paycheck every week regardless of what I did. So for X on the Beach, I kind of caught myself falling into just like a background role because I didn't care about much. My ex didn't come. None of Kenya's exes came. So we kind of just rolled out the show together with not many issues. And... I just chilled a lot, bro. A lot of naps, a lot of cornhole. <laughs> they finally brought a basketball in with a basketball hoop in with a few weeks left. We were playing a lot of 21 with the guys, a lot of pool days. Um, you know, it was more of like a really relaxed, chill vibe. There wasn't necessarily even so much to do except just like chill with each other while we were there. So you're playing, you know, tic-tac-toe. You're doing crossword puzzles in the back, no drinking. The drinking was even different on this one too, man. It was like, for Ari the One, we had an open bar. We woke up. We woke up. And the bar the bar was in the kitchen just set up for us like mimosas and Malibu and orange juice for breakfast. You know what I mean? Like, and you just got straight to it. With this one, it, it moved a little different. It was like, it was like you had to ask for, you had to ask for alcohol. And what? then they would keep track of how many drinks. Yeah, and then they would keep track of like, how many drinks you've had that day, and depending on who you were, it, and depending on how you handled your liquor, would determine how many you're getting. And, and they really had a hold on how much people were drinking on this show. I think it was because before I got on the show, um, the, like the first, because I got on the show like the start of the second week, I think, to coming into the X, and um, and, and the first week, all of the singles were shit faced. And so that, that made us say, hold up, let's take a step back here. Y'all can't be drinking like this. And they, they shut that shit down quick. So even the drinking was a lot different. I mean, don't get me wrong, we still drink every day, you know, quite a bit. And then there were certain days where, like, we'd have parties and stuff. 
Um, so, but it was nothing like how we drink on either one. <laughs> so that's funny because, I mean, they found you off Instagram, obviously very in shape guy but when you're leaving these shows is it kind of like shit i gotta go on a detox i got i gotta get my body back because i mean my brand is on instagram right holy fuck i'm putting on 25 30 pounds okay come on come on now i'm putting on some weight like all i'm eating is cheese it's and pizza rolls you know what i mean like because because they 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 provide the food for you but you got to cook it we're waking up hungover and we're drinking all day and there's so many other things to do ain't nobody trying to cook you know what I mean? Unless it's like once or twice here and there every day. No, nobody's trying to cook and put together a good healthy meal. You know, in a house like that, especially, you know what I mean, when everybody else want to eat too. So as soon as you cook and you're not cooking for 20. But, um, yeah, man, it was easy to put on weight in those houses because you couldn't leave the house. There wasn't much you could do for exercise. You know, the the, the, the stuff that they did provide you to get a workout in was, was, was not much. It was not much. So... So it was actually funny to see. So what are you doing? Leading uh, Zumba classes on the beach, or are you got? Are you the guy that's trying to get everybody into shape, or what? No, man. There's even uh, we had a we had a um, one of the guys, Mark Jansen, who's from Big Brother. He was big into fitness. He was working out a lot, but everybody was either. Oh, and then there's another bodybuilder as well, Billy. You know, they were the ones that were kind of lead the workouts. I actually had them working me out. When I finally got my shit together and realized, okay, I got I got to do something about this belly here. Oh God, that's good. You got a reality yeah, TV belly. belly. That was my wealth belly. <laughs> hey, it's not a bad belly to have, but so what's not uh? Bad belly to have. What's what's your next move then with reality TV? Are you done? Are you trying to you know level up there? Or what what are you thinking here? I haven't decided. You know, it's uh. It's, it's kind of like a wait for the phone call type of thing. You know, you've got to be called by them and everything. But as for me, the show I really want to do is The Challenge. And besides that, another dating TV show, I don't know if I do just because of, the, you know, this is like a lot. I mean, maybe I would if the, if the price was like, right, don't get me wrong. Tell me in. But it would definitely uh, take some convincing. I want them to put me on The Challenge real bad. But everybody on The Challenge is a lot older. So I've got a few years before I get on that. I just got to stay in shape. Absolutely. So that's your motivation behind getting in the gym, right? You want to keep leveling up in this industry. Right, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And didn't you just tell me that you were about to go in for a casting call for a movie, but Corona shut it down? Yeah, that's super exciting as well. I, I got casted for a movie called Mother's Misery. And I can't say too much about it because of NDAs and stuff, but um, we were going to start filming. That's why I was growing out my facial hair for the longest time. Um, but we, we were going to start filming here, actually. We'd be filming right now if it wasn't for Corona. And now that backed up everything uh, a couple of months, maybe even for next year. Right now, the final start date is indefinite. So I'm just waiting to hear back for that as well. But to know that, the, you know, to know that there's a movie coming is super super excited um i haven't even taken one acting class so i've got to figure out what i'm gonna do about that but <laughs> no but, you've, uh, yeah, it's you've been acting and uh let me let me take a quick guess at mother's misery so is this revolving around you know your mother with her clients watching you in the shower on mtv is this the plot <laughs> Oh man, wouldn't 
be good. We'd already have <laughs> half of the movie filmed. You'd have the acting done. Why? You don't need the champagne poppy beard you were growing out. Right. <laughs> oh man, that's good. Yeah. No, they wanted they wanted they want me to be a thirty year old detective. That's what the beard was for. Okay, detective. So can't say much more than that, though. So how do you prepare? How do you prepare for that? So how do you... A mind reading. A mind reading. Reading your lines. Reading your lines. Meeting with the rest of the actors. Meeting with the director. The writer of the movie. To, to really create... You're creating a person. You're creating a personality. You're creating a character. Right? In this movie. And in, in the world of acting and stuff like that. Which I've only touched the surface of. But even still, something I'm aware of that most people aren't is what it takes. What goes into creating these roles, these characters that, yes, people are playing, but in the movie itself, these are people. You know what I mean? Um, it's a process for sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, best of luck to uh, you and your acting career coming up. And we've talked a lot about, you know, what you've recently done, what you want to do. But I want to bring it back to the beginning here to end the podcast, ironically. I'm going all over the place right now, beginning, middle, end, everywhere. But uh, no, I want to talk about kind of how you got into this mindset about success. Because I know you were into self-improvement stuff early on. Your mom your mom gave you a bunch of self-improvement books, right? Did I hear this tale correctly this, uh, this weekend? Yes, yes. So with my mom working for a company called... Uh, the Ken Blanchard Companies, which is a self-help, self-development company. You know, they, they, Ken Blanchard has numerous books out, a whole bunch of number one New York Times sellers and um, a whole bunch of courses, classes, materials that their company sells to B2B. So, like, they would go to Best Buy and sell these courses, services, books, materials to the CEOs and managers so that they can better lead their employees and in return create more revenue for the company um, with having better leaders within their corporation. And with my mom being a regional sales director for 15, I think now 17, 18 years for them, you know, she pretty much was just shoving these books down my throat. But for all of high school, end of middle school, you know, uh, the, the, I got over the fairy tales real quick. And all I was reading were these self-help, self-development books that my mom would put me on. And it put me in a different mental space, man. It really made me feel unstoppable because of the belief it inflicted into myself and and the mindset it gave me as, you know, that mindset of just anything's possible. You know, all I got to do is work for it. I can do anything. Um, and, and that's really that's really where PMO all started, too. Okay, and so explain PMO to the audience. So you're, this is your company, Progress More Often. When did you start it? What's the message? Tell us a little about this. Yeah, so it's crazy. PMO has been through so many phases, man, and the, 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 the underlying purpose, the underlying mission and vision for my company, Progress More Often, is to create a more positive and progressive lifestyle through positivity, through that, that mindset that was inflicted in me in an early age. And, and, and that's simply, man, taking responsibility. The minute, the minute you take responsibility for your actions, your decisions, your thoughts, your emotions, your surroundings, your conscious and subconscious, you're taking responsibility for your life. That's how you become a leader. 
that's how you level up. You start putting things on you. You start, you stop putting the blame in other places. And so with my company, like it's been through so many phases. It first just started off as a, as a Colby brand. My, it was sophomore year of college. Mom was like, get a job. I was like, get a job. I work for myself. Start, started this t-shirt company, decided to name it PMO, and, and just started flipping the most simple shirts in the world. But, you know, I was a man on campus, so I was flipping all these shirts all over GCU, just just making money off of growing this brand and, and selling t-shirts to people. And, and from there, you know, for a little bit, I had a, a certified personal trainer running a boot camp um, as a club through GCU. I was doing these PMO adventures where I'd take people on a day trip and, and charge them for, for like travel and lunch, just like <laughs> hustling, right? Just hustling. Growing the brand however I can, but getting my hands on whatever. Whatever I was doing with my time, I would incorporate PMO and just live out that lifestyle that the brand represented, you know, and, and, and live by, and breathe by. So, Again, it just kept on developing. Then, you know, I saw the PMO provided a lot of community work and a lot of give back. That's kind of where we're at right now. I'm still doing a lot of community work. Um, now, what, what I've been working on is I teamed up with my mom's company, the nonprofit that they own, to offer this student self-leadership course um, to clients. And what's really cool is they've given me the copyright to teach the course and do all of that through my company, PMO. So I've been fortunate enough to already travel twice this year to Kansas and work with Blue Cross Blue Shield, which is one of my clients, where they pretty much pay for my facilitation fee, which is pretty damn generous, as well as the materials and everything else for the employees' kids to go through this course that I take them through on, on how to be a self-leader. And it's it's... One of the biggest steps PMO's taken yet, and I'm super excited to really be getting into this. They also just um, started a virtual version. So when I get my hands on that, I'm going to be doing virtual courses through PMO, and that's just really going to create a nice, solid foundation and base for how I'm trying to expand this thing and, and spread this knowledge you know, to the people that a more positive lifestyle is, is going to give you everything that you're looking for. You know, when you look at us as human beings, we're creatures of emotion. We fear change because we fear the unknown. It's not change, it's the unknown, but without change, there is no progress. We need to change to grow. And, you know what I mean? It's a different perspective. That people don't look at things that way. And it's that simple to switch your mindset, switch your perspective, your perception on the world, and when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. You see what I'm saying? So, like, there's so many there's so many people in such tough situations that could use this knowledge and information to really start making change, making progress through their lives, but they're stuck in poverty, passing over opportunities repeatedly, and they're stuck in this negative mindset of what they don't have and not simply figuring out how to use what they do. And that and, the, and that's what the brand is to me, is helping those people achieve their dreams, their goals, bettering themselves through life. And I just, any way I can, tie the brand to, to those those meetings and concepts all throughout my life and, and everything too. But I'm super excited. I just teamed up with a, uh, with a clothing brand and we're about to do a collab drop together. I've got some other merchandise on the way. So I'm going to be relaunching the clothing and fashion side of things through PMO as well too. 
um, super excited about it. No, that's that's freaking cool, man. And I mean, obviously, you got big things on the horizon with that. And what strikes me is, I mean, that all goes back to these books you read in the beginning. I mean, that laid the foundation. You're reading about, you know, positivity, mentality, attitude. I mean, you got the law of attraction, all this different stuff that seems so cliche to outsiders, but it all is so true. Like you can you can hear the same five cliches, but then you go read these self-improvement books and it gets pounded into you and then you realize like, holy shit, this is all so freaking helpful and so true. Like, why not tune into that stuff, right? That's exactly what it is. And it is. It is that. It sounds so cliche because it's so it's so much easier to say than do. You know, and, and, and I've failed. I've failed numerous times. I'll be the first one to tell you that I've failed numerous times at being the sole image of, of the brand and of the lifestyle we're trying to create, right? And there's other ways that I've succeeded as some people would see as failures. But who is anybody to determine my definition of success when everybody's entitled to their own definition? You know what I mean? And so I'm not perfect, and I'll, and I'll never claim that I am, but the brand is not about being perfect, you know, because it's we're perfect because we're not. And, it, and it's having the mindset to know these things and be able to use them and apply them however you want. But... It's cliche, right? Because it's so much easier said than done. So it's very easy to be like, "Yeah, I, okay," you know what I mean, and, and not and not take them so seriously. And it's not, it's not, it's not easy, but it's simple. <laughs> simple. Remember that video this weekend? Simple. Simple. Easy. Simple. <laughs> no, no, but I love it because. Oh, big bird. <laughs> we need burden on this too but no you because you got these failures tevin we'll call them failures right but i mean really that's where the success comes from because you're growing another cliche for you is you learn more through failures than your wins i mean mj missed you know game winners and that taught him how to drill game winners in the end and i mean at the time they're saying he can't hit the big shot he can't hit the big shot and then you turn around he is the mr big shot himself and, I mean, like right. you said, who are they to say that's a failure? You're learning. You're putting yourself out there. You're not laying in the weeds. You're not being complacent. You're actually choosing to act, to build something. I mean, that's the mentality I see in you. And I wish others had that more, honestly. Just the fuck it, fuck the haters, go out there and actually create something. Right, right. And, it, and it, it's, it's not easy, you know. Like, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of there's. Even on the regular individual, there's a lot of pressure put on us by society to so-called follow these norms and live by these standards and, and expectations that are so false. You know, and people, people forget to question the things that the masses are doing because it's easy to follow what everybody else is doing. But if you were to take a second and sit back and really start to question, like, why you do some of the things that you do and say, is this because, is this my decision or am I subconsciously doing this because I was told to or because everyone else is? People would surprise themselves with some of the answers that they got uh, on the shit that they did and the way they spent their time. A hundred percent. No, trust me. We did, so we did a book review on this podcast um, on a book called The Gamma Mindset. And the author came on as well to talk about it. And you just hit it on the head. You're subconsciously wired to follow the crowd, 
to follow the norm. But then when you step back and look at it as a whole and question it, you find little, you know, like little things that are wrong where you're like, hold on, like, how is this making me better? I mean, it's a huge wormhole of a topic. I mean, it sounds like you got a big handle on it. I mean, that's where your company was founded. Right, right. Yeah, it's just a, uh, it's just an awareness that needs to be raised in our society as well, too. I couldn't agree with you more that it's just like, imagine what we could be doing if more people were aware of these things that kind of just get overlooked, honestly. Absolutely. So if you had like two or three books to rec, you you could recommend, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, how many books have you read? I feel like you're reading every day. Yeah, I'm quite a big reader, so I'm excited that you asked me that question. So librarian, Um, the librarian that you are, pull a couple books (laughs) off the shelf for us here. Um, the three books. I'll give I'll give you one by Ken Blanchard just because there, there's a number one go to that he's most known for and you know that the, the company I teamed up with the PMO to start presenting this course as well as you know covering my mom's work for 15 years so I got to give a shout out to Ken. The book is called Self Leaders and the Self Leadership and the One Minute Manager. Self-leadership and the one-minute mannership. Self-leadership and the one-minute manager. And Ken Blanchard wrote it with... Manager, Susan. okay. Yeah, yep. And then he wrote, he co-wrote it with Susan Fowler and Lawrence Hawkins. Um, and it, 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 it's just going to, you know, it's going to implement some, some systems through amazing stories and, and really help people, you know, Go through, go through the tough times, I would say. You know, they, they, they talk about something I can briefly be, breach, uh, briefly talk about that's just like, there's four different, anytime you're starting something new, whether it's a goal or a task, you go through four developmental stages um, based on your level of confidence, based on your level of commitment and, um, fuck the other one, commitment and competence. That's what it is. And, just breaking it down and, and remembering that things get harder before they get easier. Um, really, really good books. The second one, which I hold damn near right next to the Bible, is The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Okay, I, and I've heard about this one. This one's a pretty popular one, right? Yeah, yeah. It's fairly popular to the people who are deep into the uh, law of attraction, mindfulness, self-leadership, um, type of thinking and mindset. It's by Deepak Chopra, who also does a lot, lot of meditation and um, other stuff like that. Very, very good book. It's very quick read. I've probably read it, read it seven times, and I'm currently in the process of reading it another one because it's so good that every time I read it, I get something else out of it. And it's so simple that it it it, it amazes me how, how we overlook these things. Even me reading the book multiple times, I'll come back and I'll read something and, you know, a light will turn on, like, oh, okay, oh, shit. But there's seven seven laws that it talks about in that book um, that that really just, it get, I'm telling you, it gets, it gets the wheels turning, man. It really gets you thinking. I'll lay, I'll lay down the seven chapters on you real quick just so you can get a feel and get a little excited about this book. So this is a must-read. The first chapter is the law of pure potentiality. Then they go into the law of giving then the law of karma, or cause and effect, then the law of least effort, the law of intention and desire, 
the law of detachment, and then the law of dharma or purpose in life. And it and it just really, uh, man, I can't even put it in words. It's just one of the, one of those things you gotta see for yourself. But it but it, but it's mind changing, it's game changing. Um, the third one, man, that that is just a go to for anybody who wants to live that wants to have that wealthy mindset and live that wealthy lifestyle, you know. And have be an entrepreneur, be a businessman, be be aware, mindful. The uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill is is something everybody should read. And and that book, I'll tell you right now, is one of the slowest books I've ever read. It, I don't like it. it. It's a slow read, but but what you get out of it is so crucial. All right, so I might need to go home and hit Amazon immediately because I needed some books. I, I was kind of in a slump reading, and I needed a new one. So I think I'm going to have to throw darts at a dartboard and choose one of these three selections from the librarian. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, definitely don't forget to sign the book out. Um, no, if you're going to start with one note, start with the seven spiritual laws of success. That's the one. Okay, I know I think that will be the one then. I'm going to take your word for it. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to get my reading in. And and by the way, I want to finish with this. Do you do this in the morning? Because I know you're a morning person. I know you believe in morning routines. We've touched on the fact that you meditate too. Um, First of all, first question in that, are you reading in the morning or when are you reading? When is your brain prepared enough to read for you? For me, it's in the morning. Um... They say reading is actually really, really good for you. Like, before you go to bed, you're supposed to put down all technology at least an hour or two before bed and just to and read, just to clear and relax your mind. And really even reading for me is a form of meditation. Um, just through the material that I'm reading and it giving my, my mind the ability to focus solely on what's going on in that book and, and the information I'm obtaining. But I read in the mornings because I once heard that the first 15 minutes of your day, like the minute you wake up, clock starts, first 15 minutes, sets the tone for the entire rest of your day. And I've never seen anything to be true. Ever since I've heard that, I've really started to pay attention to, okay, how was the first 15 minutes of this morning? And how did it affect the end of the day? You know, like at the end of the day, going through my day and thinking about was it productive, what I get done, what do I need to do better, what do I need to change? And that's one of them, is that that first 15 minutes of you waking up, you know, if you're going to lay in bed and just be on your phone and slowly get up 30 minutes later, you're going to be moving a lot slower the whole rest of the day. If you wake up and within five minutes something happens and you're in a bad mood, it's tough to get out of that bad mood. So, you know what I mean? Like, and I've just found it to be so true. So um, I've, I've spent a lot of time on trying to create and obtain really good habits in the morning to get those juices flowing, to get that blood flowing, get my body moving, my mind working, to start the day off on that right foot. And I've seen an increase in productivity massively, bro. Like, it, it, it helps so much. I'm definitely a morning reader. Okay, and right again, right here again is another cliche. I mean, the first 15, because I've heard this too, the first 15 minutes of the day are the most important. And I mean... People can look at that, read it on a screen, read it wherever, and be like, "No, what? No, I'm just thinking, I'm just gonna ignore it. I'm just gonna put that behind me. I'm gonna wake up. I'm gonna go on Instagram. I'm gonna go on Twitter. Some shit that doesn't help you. 
and they're harming themselves. I mean, they you got to take some of these cliches seriously. It's so true, it's so true, and it's 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 tough for people too. But for those people that it's tough to take these cliches seriously, they they've always taken them as cliches and never experienced the benefit of actually doing them. You know what I mean? Exactly. After, I mean the the results the results prove it all. I've seen it day in and day out the difference that it has on my day and on you know the people around me. The results say it all. 100%. And I completely agree. And I need to get better at the mornings. Um, I, I found a lot of success in terms of how productive my day is with starting with affirmations. I'm sure you've heard of these. Writing down positive self-statements right when you wake up, saying them in the shower. And that's rewiring your subconscious brain to act on it. So, And I mean, I should ask you, do you do affirmations, Tev? Yeah, I do. I do uh personal affirmations and then I also have a few affirmational videos that I watch where you know they, they'll give you like a series of things to say and they'll say it you repeat it they'll say the next thing the video gives you space to repeat it you'll say the next thing and kind of guide you through for beginners um, and that's super easy just kind of like having a background too subconsciously as you're waking up and even all throughout the day but yeah affirmation is so 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 powerful man you know, it's, it's crazy. I could go for days on that, on those types of conversations. No, I know. I'm starting to think right now. I mean, we're coming up on an hour, but we might need to get you back for part two in the near future because this is important shit that people need to hear about. I mean, it, it truly is not only day changing, week changing, month month changing, but it's life changing. It, it gets you on right. a different track. It does. It does. It does, man. Yeah, well... Part two, part two, well, well, we could get part two going, huh? Next time you come out to Arizona, maybe we'll, uh, we'll throw down a part two, huh? <laughs> hey, we got a part two for a lot of stuff coming, I think, if I come back to Arizona. Uh, maybe we'll uh, go somewhere else, try a new city. Maybe get, maybe get Jake or the room dog on as well. Yeah, we'll get a Bold Perceptions PMO collab. We'll head up to the mountains, we'll drink the holy water, and we'll just self-affirm success all over the mountain. Now we're talking, now we're talking. Nothing's ever gone wrong after a nice sip of the holy water. <laughs> All right, Tavo. Well, hey, man, like I said, coming up on an hour, but we'll we'll be back, I'm sure of it. And everybody, thank you for tuning in. Share this episode with a friend. I know for a fact him or her can benefit from hearing it. We started with reality TV talk. Who doesn't love that? But ending with, you know, the positive messages and the mentality of success is powerful for anybody. So... Thank you all again, Tevin. Thank you for coming on, and we'll see you all soon.